You're a scumbag. Come on, man. When I was young, I was a loser. That there's rugged man, the 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 lowest, the 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 loser. Rugged man. When I was young, I was a loser, loser. That there's rugged man, the 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 lowest, the 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 loser. Do I lack a massive hit in my backpack and trick? Am I a rap maverick or just a fat sack of shit? Nothing that the world would ever give to me, but negativity. The industry was only interested in getting rid of me. My family snort heroin and smoke pipes. Criminals, biker gangs, drug addicts, low life, Agent Orange, homicide, robberies. My life makes Shakespeare tragedies look like Adam Sandler comedies. I need to meditate or medicate. My mental state is never fake. I keep the dead awake, but can I get a break? Controversial, outspoken, hip hop, Frank Zappa, bad breath, body odor, overweight, stank rapper. I misbehaved a bit. The industry was afraid of it. I couldn't take a shit without lawyers litigating it. He's Oh, bitch, stop it. I hope your pop get his wallet picked by a pickpocket and your fat mother drown in the puddle of pig vomit. All I cared about was trying to get inside vagina lips and biting tits. I was unstable, fighting, having violent fits. A point I might have missed. More irritating than psoriasis is at the height of this. They tried to hire a psychiatrist. My career fell apart. Taught me how to be humble. Watch the $1.8 million deal crumble. Alrighty, welcome to Musical Osmosis, where intelligent dissonant thought meets melodic euphonious reality. I am your musically magnanimous host, Nick the Saucy One Cat Source, broadcasting to you as always from Meth Mountain, Tennessee. And today I want to introduce our special co-host, who is a prophetic writer and rapper from York, Pennsylvania, a man who can see around corners, take in the big picture, and think outside the box, our good friend, Billy Krause, a.k.a. Apollo's son. Billy, what's, what's happening? What's going on, Chelsea? Not much, man. I'm just uh, in a current lockdown in my county, quote-unquote lockdown, where they say we're not allowed to go anywhere, but... You know, I still go outside and try to put pants on. So, yeah, that's it's the all first good over mistake. here. Put it on pants. Yep. Mm-hmm. I don't wear pants when I'm in lockdown. Also, hey man, you used to do a segment on here called The Process where we talked about your new album. Do you have any updates for us on that? Uh, the album kind of came to a grinding halt. Um, I battled depression pretty heavily. So when that happens, I kind of just shut down and don't really do much. But I'm I'm working out of that, you know that stage of my life so i want to get back to recording and as you and i discussed before you know i'm definitely considering uh moving on from the old project because of it being two years old now um you know to start something new but we'll see what what happens i gotta wait until i can actually even go to a studio because right now you technically you know you can't go to any studios they're all shut down i do have a you know a friend where i where i record the records um, but, um, you know, I think he's keeping people away cause he has kids and all that sort of thing. So, uh, once this all clears up, this, this chaos clears up, hopefully we can get back to, you know, cutting some new records and whatnot. Right on. All right. Well, let's move on. I want to introduce the woman who is pushing all the important buttons from her hermetically sealed bubble in the next room. The beans to my cornbread, our fabulous producer, D. Wash your hands, people. <laughs> Wash your hands. 
If you want to know how to act, start watching Monk because that's basically that's that's it. I mean, Monk yeah. tried to warn us, man. He did. You're down with OCD? Because I know you I know am me. Now. Yeah. Um. We also have another podcast I just started. We have different guests every episode called Apocalyptic Peanut Butter, and we're just talking about all things coronavirus. Mm-hmm. So go check that out on all the social medias. ID, before we get our guests in here, tell us who we've got coming up on the show in the next couple of weeks. Well, coming up very, very soon, we actually have Ernie C. from Body Count coming on. Oh, my God. Uh, we also have Dr. Frank from the Mr. T Experience, another Oh, my God. And Gabby Chaos from the Venomous Pinks. That is going to be so cool. Yeah, man, I'm doing. I'm stepping up my podcast game since we're all locked down, so we're doing a yes. lot of episodes consecutively. All right, well, I don't want to leave our guests hanging any longer, so let's get our guests in here. Today's guest is a beautifully diabolical wordsmith of cosmic proportions. His lyrics range from profound to disgusting to silly, and they're all done in that unique rugged man style. A true self-made hip-hop renaissance man, rapper, director, film critic, producer, and so much more welcome r.a the rugged man r.a man so good to finally talk to you on air yeah thanks for having me on i hope the show is good i was watching uh chuck norris the octagon you know i'm quarantined in my house and and you know he whispers you know whispers in a ninja voice to himself like there's somebody in the room and then he fucks <laughs> it up and that's what i was watching and then the mother of my kids, she was grading papers at the table, and she's like, you have an interview in 12 minutes. I'm like, fuck those guys. Fuck. And, like, <laughs> and now I'm here, so you better entertain me. Or, you know. <laughs> well, we'll do our best. We're kind of idiot fanboys for R.A. the Rugged Man, so hopefully we won't be tripping over ourselves too much. Yeah, well, there's not too many years out there, so I'm glad I found uh, the right ones. You know, to, uh, well, fanboy, yeah. I don't have too many... Too many fanboys have uh, just a couple uh, babies at home. <laughs> you got a lot of fans out there. And actually, when we have someone on for the first time, we usually have them introduce themselves. But we're going to skip all that because I'm sure everybody already knows who you are. I want to jump. I'm like, right- I'm, like the, I'm like the least famous motherfucker. You know, uh, he's like, don't introduce yourself. <laughs> now, I'm already the rugged man. Underground rapper. No corporations pushing my shit. It's all from word of mouth. So if you have heard of me. That's just because, you know, fans talk a little bit, you know, that, that's my whole promotion, you know, I put out a record, I don't have every corporation throwing it, you know, on this thing and that thing and this thing, it's just fans saying, hey, there's a dope, dope record, check it out, check it out, so that's my, my shit, you know. And believe it or not, man, I come from the punk world. I listen primarily to punk, but I cross over and listen to a lot of other stuff, too, and that's how they used to do it back in the punk days. A lot of the guys I idolize and that scene have kind of just gone out DIYs the big thing and strike out on their own and it's fucking good not to have people like pulling your strings right yeah yeah, well that's the thing I could do whatever I want whatever kind of record I want whatever song I want to do whatever content I could do whatever I want so that's the good thing sometimes when you put out a song and you know that you know uh, a wider audience would love it it's a little frustrating. You go know, like, damn, if a couple more people heard this one, it really, you know, this could touch a lot more people, you know? So sometimes that's the frustrating part. But other uh, other times, you know, you're, you're selling out shows, you're all over the world. But not right now, we're in quarantine, so that part of it's gone. <laughs> and so who the fuck knows? I'm just here <laughs> making, uh, 
and making music and hopefully people enjoy it, you know. They asked me if I should put out the album still. A lot of people said I shouldn't because it's going to fuck up all of this and the sales. And it's, and I'm just like, you know, you know, what, what am I going to do? Wait three months and then some other shit happens, six months and some, you know, it took me long enough to finish the record. Let me, uh, let me get it out to people and hopefully there's some people who enjoy it, you know. Yeah, I mean, you got to strike when the passion's there. And one thing I really like about you, among other things, is you're so political-minded. You were on my buddy Lee Camp's show recently, Redacted Tonight, and I was like, right yeah, fucking on, R.A. Like, you were right there. And, um, you know, I, I, I hate this idea. I know you used to post a lot of political stuff on your Facebook fan page, and I noticed you kind of slacked off on that. And I just hate this idea when people are like, oh, just shut up and perform. We don't want to hear your opinion. I think that's total fucking bullshit. Yeah, but I've been, I've been cutting down a lot on, on, on the socials uh, commentary right now because it's like I got to find, okay, what kind of piece of uh, promotion could I put up today? And what video could I drop now? And what, you know, right now it's like we're in uh, promotion mode and I'm locked in the house. We got, uh, you know, my three-year-old son, my four-year-old daughter, their, their, their little cousin my nephew he's one year old he stays here so it's like you know it's like to get into political arguments right now with three babies jumping on my head you know i gotta <laughs> prioritize and and kind of go okay okay we got a record coming out this week we got a song coming out this week we got a video coming out this week and the album on april 17th so i gotta prioritize uh you know uh what the what the arguments are gonna be right now for you know, sure, man. And that right makes... now, the whole world, the whole world's a fucking mess anyway. And none of them, none of them. There's nobody, you know. They, they, uh, you know, they're trying to throw Biden and Trump at us. Two, you know, decrepit, you know, disgusting human beings. So what do we do, you know? So. Now, man, I hear you, and I, I'm famous for arguing with people online about this shit. I used to have a political panel show, and, you know, I'm from the punk world, and punk was a very socially, during the 80s and 90s when I grew up, punk was a very socially and um, society-charged music, so like politically, socially-charged music. And in the early 2000s, they kind of moved away from that and dropped the ball, and then you saw this influx of rappers step up to the plate. And I know Chuck D and all of them were doing it for ages, but you saw the Jedi mind tricks and immortal techniques and people really step up and go deep dive into politics. What do you think brought that yeah, shift but, on? But, but, well, well, I, I don't know. I think you're going taking it away from hip hop too, too much because they were doing it in the eighties. You know, you got to go back and it wasn't just Chuck, you know, they had the brand Nubians, they had intelligent hoodlum, they had poor righteous teachers. They, I mean, it was a whole cast one rock. It was a whole slew of, 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 you know, street minded political minds, you know, just speaking their truth and getting it out to the whole world. And, and that, I think they did more in hip hop in the eighties. You know, this was during the Reagan era and the crack epidemic and all of that stuff. It was really politically charged, even more so, in my opinion. Now you get a, a political record here and there. And a lot of times the political records, you know, not Jedi mind tricks and technique, obviously, but a lot of political records will be like aligned with what the, the, the masses believe. You know, it's almost like, let's do a political record that agrees with the news. You know, it's like, what? You know, like, what <laughs> oh, man, you talking about, you know, it's like, so it's just different. uh different world we live in you know so. well let me get my co-host in here because billy i'm a fan of ra but you know so much more you've been following his career f for years and years yes sir yeah i mean i've been a fan i, I first uh, learned about you ra uh from the sound bombing two uh on raucous records actually and i wanted to t share a quick story with you I, I, I always said if i ever had a chance to talk to you i would share this with you uh so growing up i had a good friend 
his nickname was Cat. And um, when that record came out um, and Stanley Kruber came out, and in the beginning, you say, you know, we you know that bass like Cat. And that's like our thing. And still till this day, when we do talk, I'll, I'll send him a random text like every other month and I'll just be like, you know, how are you, man? How are the kids and all that? And I'll be like, don't forget, don't forget to feel that baseline cat. And he loves it every time. So he's going to be, yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to shit kill himself. You, I'm, I'm kill you Santa Claus because uh, I don't even <laughs> say cat. That's like one of the most, uh, everyone think I'm being, uh, yo, feel that baseline cat. But like everyone thinks yeah. I say that, but I, I say cap because uh, the producer oh, was MC Tone. Yeah, yeah. The, the producer's name was MC Tone. And then when Tone Low came out, he changed his name to capital T. And then, uh, you know, Capital T wasn't really a good rap name. And people just started calling him Capital the Crime Lord and then Cap. And then, yo, Cap, Cap, Cap. So he made, he threw that bass on there. And, uh, yo, I feel like bass uh, on Cap. Okay. So a lot of people, no, people be like, yo, yo, you know how many people come up to me? At, like, yo, I feel like bass like Cat with a C. <laughs> and, like, I don't think nobody knows I say Cap, but I say Cap, yeah, C-A-P. Yep. And Cap was, uh, he no, rapped no. on Biz Markie's album. Uh, I need a haircut, and he rapped on Diamond Shell on Culture and Warner Brothers. He was like the best white boy rapper in all Long Island back then. He taught me how to flow and all of that stuff, you know. So, Word. well, either way, man, that 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 line is a near and dear to my heart between myself and and, and my friend. And and like I said, man, I I started following you around the Rockets days, and and then I dug in, you know, so your so Rockets days. So you must be you must be thirty seven to forty two age range right i'm 36 yes sir uh, uh mr buck okay, you so yeah because you could kind of like gauge the age by what what they first heard me on you know like like yeah no like doubt. Oh, when when i heard this uh rubber room and the record label you're like you must be 48 or 45 <laughs> <laughs> you know when they be like i heard you yeah. on get a you're like you must be 29 you know Right, right, yeah, 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 man. I, and then I dove into other, you know, I just got into like uh, with the the guest verse you did on like Smut Peddlers and all that shit. And then I started digging into your solo stuff and whatnot. And I wanted to ask you because um, I was doing a little uh, a little more digging. Um, your your whatever happened with the the Jive Records album? Did that come out? The no, uh, we, Night of the we, Apes. Uh, Night of the Bloody Apes, named after yeah. a Mexican horror film classic. A little. Uh, um, uh, a little horror film from Mexico that they mixed in wrestling and heart surgery. And, you know, I was a little kid and I named it uh, the teenager and I was obsessed with the film. And then, you know, I went to Jive. I named it after that. But, um, uh, no, uh, it's, it's, uh, there's not even a real version of the album existing. It's, it's, you know, it's a uh, muddy and disgusting sound and you can't even hear what it sounds like on the internet. If you like, if you find something, it just sounds like dog shit. Yeah. So, it is what it is. <laughs> things happen, you know. Uh, right. Things happen, but I, you know, I, there was a big war war with that label and war with the, everybody. I was at war with everybody, so it was a tough time in my life. So I'm glad to be where I'm at now, you know. So, right on. Yeah. Well, now, now, go ahead, Billy. Ask, are you working with? Uh, yeah, are you working with Nature Sounds on the with the new record for like Distro or something or? Yeah, Nature Sounds is putting a new record out. They, you know, Devin yeah. and Matt. You know, it's two guys and. They run a label and they, they uh, you know, they do what they can do with what the resources we have, you know? So, yeah, no doubt. Is the phone sound crisp? I'm in another country. Am I talking into the phone loud enough for you? 
No, no, we hear you loud and clear, man. Hey, I want to talk about this upcoming album, too. I know it's slated to be released April 17th, All My Heroes Are Dead. The last time you put out a full-length album was seven years ago. Why do you feel like this was the right (laughs) moment to start working on a new album and get it out there? Well, I started working on it a few years ago, and, uh, you know, since the last album I did, you know, over 500, 600 shows, and, you know, I had two babies, and and life got a little crazy, and, you know, as a performing artist, uh, you make your money on the road, so, you know, you're trying to pay the bills, you're trying to get a place to live for your kids, and the way to do that is the shows, you know, so you just stay on the road as much as possible, bringing in in money, and uh, so, you know, hundreds of shows, I bought my, my kids a nice place. And, uh, you know, now the money's all fucked up because we had an April tour and a June tour and, uh, you know, we have all these tours lined up and who the hell knows what's happening. But I can't cry because this happened to the whole planet right now, you know, so, you know, you know, everybody, you you know. Do you live in Germany or are you stuck out there right now because of the current crisis? No, no, I raised my kids in Berlin, Germany. They go to kindergarten here. They, they, uh. They're oh, wow. school teacher here, so that they, they get raised. They're bilingual. They're, they're, they're dual citizens. They're German and Americans. But uh, oh, wow. I started the album a few years ago, and uh, it, started, it was sounding a little bit too much like Legends Never Die. So I kind of kept recording, and then, like, I, I kind of moved on and said, nah, nah. You know, so a lot of the songs that I started off with, I could have released that, and my fans would have been like, oh, dope album, you know, but I don't want to come back with the same sound, same records, you know? So, uh, I, you know, when, when I'm doing that, when I feel like it's too similar, I know I can make money. I know it'll sell, but I still don't want to drop it. I want to come back and, and come back with a different angle. And, you know, that's what this record started turning into. And I slowly figured out, like, you know, because writing rhymes is easy, making songs is easy, but figuring out a record that could... Because I don't put out a lot of albums. So when I do the albums, you know, these are songs that, you know, if I record a record 25 years ago, they're still like, hey, perform that song, you know, right. 18 years, do, do that song. So, you know, you got to be careful. You, you do records that you hate and they, they, they beg you to perform them for 20, 30 years. So, so you know, I, I like to make records that, uh, especially for my albums, where I know the records are perfect for my stage shows, that, but at the same time, they're good records. So, you know, a lot of my songs I make is uh, show oriented. Uh, rather than just a quick like rhyme on a beat and people like the rhyme and the beat. Nah, I don't want to do that. I want to think of routines around the song, routines around the beat, you know, this and that. Like, so I just, I, I just come from a different perspective of it, you know. So. Well, let me ask you this because one of the things I was really excited about. I'm a political animal by nature. I used to be an activist and I did a lot of political writing. And when I heard you were actually doing songs on this album with Chuck D and Immortal Technique, and you're like, "Yeah, they're going to be political." How do you make those choices of what you're going to focus the album on politically and what you're going to focus on other stuff that's going on in your life? Well, that's another thing is, uh, you know, that's what why. Uh Legends Never Die was a long album, a lot of songs, and this one's a long album with a lot of songs because I could do a political album, but then it's only one part of my mind, you know? Like, okay, we did a whole, you know, I could do a whole rah-rah, punch you in the face album. That's only one part of my mind, you know? I want to take you from one door to the next, to the next, to the next. Like, you know, there's uh, you're not thinking the same thoughts all day and all week and all year, you know? You want to, you know, hey, I'm I'm a, a sexual pervert right now. Let me go into some porno shit, you know. And hey, <laughs> you know I'm fed up with the way they're treating Julian Assange. Let me throw some bars on some shit for this. Nice. One, you know? uh, it's like uh, it all depends. 
the mind state. Or, yo, I'm just on some fun party shit. Let me rock some flows and, and show everybody I flow better. Or, you know, uh, here's some real life shit. Here's some shit that, that I've experienced or saw. And let's just go back to, you know, the dramatics of life. You know, it all depends the mood you're in. So, you know, a lot of times people like an album that's kind of the same theme throughout. And I respect that kind of album, but I was always more uh, like Redman, what the album it was a long album, you know, mm. 15, and it went from all different lanes in it, and different styles and different concepts. And I like those kind of records where, where you were um, not just stuck in one sound that you could put on for 11 songs and it's the same sound and feel. I want to kind of go from, okay, now we could flip double time better than anybody. Now we could, let's throw it back and do a little slow flow and keep it like it was the 80s and 90s. You know, I want to give a little flavor, a little, little flavors of everything, you know. So that's how I decide. It's the inside of a brain. It's not just, you know, and, and also when you look at these rappers, it's like uh, they, a lot of times they don't feel like, they can say certain things so they only right. stick to one subject and then they act a different way in real life so eh, it is what that's it is, one of the things know. i really respect about you once again among other things is because you don't seem like somebody who really cares if hey if i write this song i'm gonna have a segment of the society that's like i don't want to hear you talking about political shit or a that's not something you seem to be concerned with you're gonna exactly. go out there and say what you want to fucking say and we have guests on here who are like dude i won't touch the political stuff because i don't want to alienate 20 30 40 percent of my fan base yeah yeah and and then if you don't say something about them, then the one fan base hates you, and it's it's like just gross. People are gross. Remember remember back in the day where you're allowed to just have your own thoughts, and people could just still be artists. It's like it's a different era where it's like you yeah, agree with me, media. or you're a terrible stuff. artist. You know. It's like, yeah, I yeah. see it all the time, man, coming across Facebook, and I always use the example. It, you know, we were on air, I'm talking to our usual co-host Adele, and I'm like, dude, Adele, imagine if we were back in my apartment in the 90s, and somebody said, yeah, Bill Clinton's a scumbag. And I was like, yeah, I don't really care about that Monica Lewinsky stuff. And they were flipped out and was like, fuck you, and stormed out of the room and said, we can't be friends anymore. Like, that guy yeah, would be fucking yeah. insane back then. But now yeah. it happens all the time. I have family that won't talk to me because of who I voted for. <laughs> Yeah. Look, look how he nuts. do every time I bring it up. Look, look how he do Susan Sarandon every day of her life. She, you know, it's like she's the monster from hell. You know, it's like Susan Sarandon just because she, she, she doesn't like Trump and she doesn't like the left. Uh, you know, well, she likes the left. She doesn't like the fucking machine left, the Bidens and the Hillary. Right, right. People, you know, so so all of a sudden she is just as bad as a, as a white supremacist right winger. It's like, what? She's like the most left, you know, progressive human being. But like, because she doesn't agree with the machine, it's like she's a monster. And look at all her fans, like you piece of shit, you are a monster. Like what? She's like, it's going to be doing yeah, man. service for yeah. decades, you know. But that's that's how they treat whoever just doesn't align with every single opinion that they have. It has to, you know. And that's the thing too. These crazy right wingers, you have to agree with every single stance they have. These crazy left wingers, you have to agree with every single stance they have. Like so, you could, uh, you know, have the same exact you know, align with all their opinions. But if you disagree on one opinion, throw you into the dumpster, throw you into the dirt, you're done, you're finished. It's like, ah, you people are fucking robots, you know? Yep, it's fucking destroy the opposition uh, mind frame, man, and it's crazy. It's not not even the opposition, because it's like, it's people who are their people. It's like their own people. They'll destroy their own fucking people 
over even if if they're you know on the same team on every subject like let's just destroy them because they don't you know because they disagree on this one fucking thing it's like ah you're all disgusting you know and let me put this in perspective again one thing i always say i got into a fight with someone 10 years ago online about cash for clunkers and we ended up not being friends anymore and i was like d imagine if we were at a party and i saw that dude at a party and i ran up to him and said cash for clunkers motherfucker and punched him in the head imagine how fucking insane that would be but it was such a big deal in that moment like fuck you liberal like but now if i did it like these things come and go so quick like the nfl kneeling i had family disown me over my opinion on that and it's like but that this is shit people don't even care about down the road all right i'm not going to go into a fucking political tangent i just wanted to tell well, you, you can, like you can't like, like look look at look at with the uh the brett kavanaugh guy the whole country stood up for, for for um what's the lady's name again i don't uh, remember the lady that, that, that i know who you're talking that, that about in high school Right. Yeah, yeah. The whole country, oh, stand with her, stand with her, stand with her. And then and a woman comes out yesterday or two, three days ago, says, yeah, Joe Biden pushed me against the wall and, and stuck his fingers inside me and, and said, you're nobody. And, you know, I was crushed. And, and then everyone's like, she's lying. She's lying. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So, you know, it's always the truth if it's the person who's not on your team, but it's always a lie if it's the person who you want elected. You know, it's like, you know, it's such a hypocrisy. It's like, it's like, you know. And Billy, that's something me and you talk about all the time. We had like an hour long conversation on the phone about this very thing. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's really bizarre, man, especially with social media. Like you, you, people utilize it like a little personal diary and anybody that opposes, you know, they're, they're the king of their castle. And if you oppose something they have to say, you know, before you know it, people that you, you, viewed as a brother or you know or or a family member 20 30 years of your life all of a sudden they don't even want to come near you they would rather you know associate with strangers than you yourself simply because you 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 have a different perspective on our existence and and that's not right because or because the the social media people are piling up against that person so now they have to pile up against the person with them meanwhile they know that person for decades and know they're not even that person that they're being told that they're you know that they are yeah, it's gross you know it's, like it's yellow, really bizarre it's a, a robots man. yeah man i, I finally had robots. to tell people like i don't defend positions i don't hold anymore people used to come on and accuse me you want to take all our guns no i don't i own a fucking gun yeah, yeah. i said i'm not defending <laughs> positions i don't have anymore man but you know you used to yeah. get online and talk a lot about that and i always respected you as an artist but then once i started following you on social media that's when i was really like yeah man this is somebody that i can connect to because he's he's going out there and you're not politically partisan. I don't consider you a partisan person. You just go out there and speak the truth about any side. And you got so much shit yeah. for it. And I always thought it was fucked up when I was reading those comment threads. But you stuck with it. You didn't just jump ship. You stuck with it and talked to people. And that's what I really respect. You, you know, what what, uh, what do you got to lose? You know, it's like somebody's going to think badly about you. Who gives a fuck anymore? You know, it's like... Think terrible about me, then you know. Like I give a fuck what you think about me, you know. Like, wow, mm-hmm. you think I'm terrible. Wow, go have, go have fun with that. Feel feel like a better person for yourself. Like, oh, I'm <laughs> a better person than that person that thinks differently to me. Fuck, he's a, he's shit. Okay, I'm shit. I'm terrible, and you're a great person compared to me. You know, go go think that. You know, it's like, why would I care what anybody you know uh, thinks? What the fuck I am, you know. Like, uh, you know, it will all be fucking dead. We'll all be forgotten. It's all done, you know? Like, don't matter 
what anybody thinks. We're, we're not in a world where uh, anything really fucking matters anyway, you know. So yeah, yeah no doubt. For now, sure. On, on, on <laughs> said, uh, I said we're not in a world where uh, any, any fucking thing matters. He was like, no doubt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was a look. You know, I kind of went a little extreme at the end there, and you just very easily agreed with it. You're like, yeah, no doubt. But <laughs> one thing we've it. learned in this era, especially the last few years of what I call the alt side down, is everything's fucking arbitrary. Shit that people are pissed about on Monday, pissed off about on Monday, they could agree with on Tuesday. So really, exactly. like a lot of it is meaningless, right, Billy? Of course, and it's, oh, it's also the messenger. You know, you know, it's also the messenger. You know, you see them do it a million times over, like. Like, you know, a left commentator will go up to a bunch of hillbilly rednecks and, and, and tell them Trump thinks, you know, this. But meanwhile, they'll be like, you know, a left wing position and, and they'll automatically agree with it all because, you know, they think that that's what they're supposed to agree with. And then a right wing person will go to a bunch of like airhead lefties and be like, hey, you know, remember like Obama or Hillary has these positions. And meanwhile, it'll be like the right wing position and everybody will agree with that position because they think it's Obama or Hillary. It's like, you know, it's like it's they're programmed to, you know, agree with what they want their masters to think, you know. So if, yep. if Trump, Trump bad, Trump bad or or Trump good, Trump good. You know, like look, look, look at the, the main one is when they bomb countries, it's like, you know, Obama, oh, it's Bush's fault, it's Bush's fault, you know, then when Trump bombs bombs country, they go, yeah, but but Obama, you know, did it way worse, and it's like, oh, like, like so you guys are really justifying murdering civilians and killing children, and you're all justifying it so you can worship your fucking leaders and heroes and, and, and defend the person you voted for, like, you can't just put pull your hat, your voter hat off right now and say, well, this is a bad thing that we're, you know, uh, murdering people, you know, all over the fucking planet for, for decades. This you is a bad thing. Nothing so can't say that on fucking point dude i just imagine people sitting around and like trump will come out and be like yeah i like these terrorists blah 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 and someone's just like honey um we don't like free trade anymore oh thanks for telling me what we think today yeah. like yeah. it's fucking crazy yeah yeah and they go <laughs> along with whatever like okay look at the fucking stimulus right now trump's you know thinking oh we're gonna do that you know and and Imagine if that shit came out of Bernie Sanders' mouth. They're like, that's socialism. Oh, go back to socialism, yep. Cuba. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. But like Trump said, it's like, yes, he's helping us. You know, it's like, yo, like, you, you guys don't care who's, you know, it's, it's, it's so fucking ridiculous and stupid. It's like, stop being followers. Think for yourselves. You know, there's things I disagree with with Bernie. There's things I don't like about Bernie. There's things I like about him. You know, there's things I dislike about fucking all of them. You know, it's like, uh, yeah. For and sure, dude. I always tell people, I'm a Bernie guy, but I will never be in love with Bernie the way these Trump dudes are in love with Trump. I would never be in love with any uh, – like, people used to cuss me out. And I'm like, dude, is Ted Cruz your uncle? Like, why are you taking this shit so fucking personally? That dude don't give a shit about you. You know? Uh, they you know who disappointed the girl, Tulsi? She, she just uh, – Tulsi just endorsed Biden. How disgusting is that? Like, ah, oh, Tulsi. Yeah, but like she, Domino's, she's a, man. Yeah, she's a woman of a word, though. She said – you know, if I pull out my campaign, I'm gonna go with the front runner for the Democrat Party. I'm not gonna um I'm not gonna do third party. I'm not so I guess this is her trying to be honest to her word, but it's still like, ah, oh, come on, Biden's a fucking creep, man. Like you know, and the funny thing is if if they went behind Tulsi, she's like a strong, powerful woman, Hawaiian. She she was anti war, she was like you know, in debates, she's quick with her words. Like she, she was the one that that could have said shit to get in Trump's ass. Now they really, literally got 
you know, a uh, uh, half dead Biden who can't even fucking <laughs> make a sentence. And, we can and, abide. Oh, hello. Uh, you, you know what's funny about Biden? It's like when Biden was vice president, they didn't even let him talk because he every time he did, he stuck his foot in his mouth. So, so Obama was a great spe- speaker, whether you liked him or not. He was a great, great speaker. So let Obama do the talking. And then Biden would just shut him the fuck up. Don't let him ever talk. Because every time he talks, he says something idiotic. Leave him, leave him out of the discussion. So, but now it's like, ah, oh, Biden, that's who we're going to have on the country, you know? Uh, it's like, it's like, it's like we, in the time of Trump, where we need a leader, uh, that's the guy we take to, to lead. <laughs> like, if you, if you had a strong <laughs> candidate, somebody strong to take this Trump guy out, they could have saved the fucking universe, you know? <laughs> Yep, and it's so fucking typical, too. I mean, it's like everybody, that is like the season finale that everybody saw fucking coming. So, hey, let me ask you this last thing before we play one of your new singles. In the rap community itself, like when you're hanging out with your friends, is is this something you guys are all talking about, The like with political stuff? And is there any divisions, or is everybody kind of on the same page, or at least they're not hating on each other? Oh, everybody has their own thoughts, you know? It's like... I, I don't think I never got in a political argument with a rapper. I don't. Well, no, nah, you know what? You're on tour, you're in tour vans. You tour all day, and and obviously he's going to have a different opinion on this or that, you know. But you you know a lot of times you, it's not like it's it's like anything. It doesn't even have to be politics. It could be about a fucking restaurant you're going to stop at. It don't matter. <laughs> you're in a van for eight hours every day driving to another city. You're going to start having disagreements with people on certain topics. I can't think of a. A political agreement, a disagreement I had at the moment off the head, but I'm, I'm sure there was plenty. Yeah, but, but in the middle of this conversation later, if I could think of one, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll spit it out, you know. Right on. Well, look, we're going to play one of your latest releases, Golden Oldies, and this, of course, features Slug in it. Is there anything you want to tell us about it before we hit the magic button? Oh, yeah. Slug from Atmosphere, Atmosphere, and uh, the kick drums produced it, name and singing on it, and it's, it's, uh, they destroyed the production on it. It sounds incredible. The, the kick drums really did a great job. And Chris Conway mixed it. And it's really, you know, I do a lot of complex, lyrical, technical shit. So sometimes you want to sit back and not do that. You want to go, you know what, well, let me tell a, a, a nice story over a nice groove and let, let people groove the fuck out. So this is a, just a dope throwback story. And, and you know what's funny? Even this, it's like my least controversial record ever. And it's all this controversy. People say, "Oh, you said this, you said that." No, it's like it's like the the concept of the record is I'm I'm an old thinking primitive uh, caveman, and this and you know this is me. And you know when when I'm um, speaking to to the to to people who are more progressive and more you know uh, in the loop of, of society and today, they go, "Yo, you're a fucking old man," you know. So that's why. Uh, supposed to be the stubborn old man anthem so if anybody's offended by it it's like yo this is us fucking uh having fun here you guys are crazy people crazy. Well, we're you know, a hyper like a offended of country now man and it's then, a lot different in 2013 yeah, I, I mean it's the most pg record ever and, and then the eminem stands uh, uh, they, they come on oh you dissing eminem no they're not they're fucking eminem this you stupid fucking stands <laughs> the stupidest people on the planet you know but all right all right you can play the record yeah Yo, 
to be poems, I got poetry in my bones I come from broken homes, the era of rotary phones Put on some 80s R&B with my chick, she's new She told me that's the same music that my dad would listen to I don't know if I should be laughing or stressing My girl was born the same year, daddy can't drop half-stepping We fight every day, there gotta be a better way I like guns and boxing and pecking poor to get away She says she hates boxing compared to MMA She never heard of NWA, she only knows Emma Grace She said I'm primitive, politics today are more progressive She gets mad when I tell her that men shouldn't wear dresses while I'm cherishing my collection of every vinyl LP She's in the mirror with duck lips trying to take a selfie I'm raised on X-Clan, brand Nubian and Chuck D She was raised on Imagine Dragons and Arctic Monkey I'm not trying to dance to trap music or dubstep I'm the old man in the club with a headache upset She said your yeah, outdated slangs are gonna make me go crazy I'm like girl I'm out of here, peace ghost Swayze ha! I'm trying to show you all this golden It might be your but it ain't Down for a nap first, and then I took the stage. My back hurt, my skin looked like suede. Used to get play in an earlier day, but that was way before my soul patch turned gray. Wanna live forever like Wu Tang and keep coming back like a boomerang. I need something to reduce the pain, repair my shoe game, and maybe even learn to use the new slang. I'm trying to age like a bottle of grapes. The vintage, no expiration date. Just a rhyme sayer stamp on the bottom of the case. Rinse your mouth with it. Swallow the taste, and I'm awfully rare. That's why they stop and stare. And when I'm gone, pop a shot in the air. But as long as you got me on my rocking chair, I'm still dropping science and these thoughts I share. I'm trying to show you all this golden. It might be your, but it ain't broken. Lemonade was a popular drink, and it still is. And it still is. Say what? Lemonade was a popular drink, and it still is. They say I'm old fashioned, I say I'm grown and knowledgeable I'm hip hop till I'm dead or rotten in the hospital Rocking the gospel like the son of God's apostles Even if they treat us like dinosaurs or forgotten fossils Some say I'm a troll and a grumpy old a-hole Cause I prefer Kumo D and Melly Mel over J. Cole AJ in a white rapping death sentence When I'm 60 I'll have shaved eyebrows Wearing 80s African pendants Spazzing out like epileptics In the mirror doing the kid and play kick step to salt and pepper records Calling groupie skeezers, never romantic Wearing a gold rope chain holding my old man dick So don't discredit or disrespect the age I'll be the best of every decade till I'm dead in the grave And Reagan was depressed but I voted for Shirley Chisholm Did you understand that lyric? You too young, of course you didn't Come on Yeah, I wanted to say, I wanted to tell you, all right, I was listening to it last night, uh, Golden Oldies, and I was excited to hear the, the Lemonade line. Um, and hearing you in Slug, man, I, I was always a big Atmosphere fan uh, growing up as well. Um, and I, I uh, watched the, the, the little video that Slug made when he was, like, sitting on the toilet <laughs> of yeah. talking about how you guys connected and all that. But uh, I just uh, wanted to tell you, uh, you're supposed to pay Slug. That's what he said at the end. Oh, he was like, yeah, Don't worry, yeah. pay slug. 
But anyway, that was like yeah. a dream collaboration for me, man. That's just dope. It's a very good song, man. I was drinking Blackberry Moonshine listening to it, so I was I was vibing, man. Go ahead, I'm Billy. Pennsylvania, and uh, so I live in York, Pennsylvania, which is a little south of Harrisburg. I actually caught you in Harrisburg. Uh, I think it was last, two summers ago. Uh, you played at a place called HMAC on Third Street. One of my highlights of that night was just you were raised up. The stage was pretty high, and you know you're a tall man, so. I, I, I couldn't see, like, your hands at certain times. And I see your one hand. I was like, is this dude, like, like what's he doing? And I, I shifted my head, and I look over, and there's a there's a kid looking up at you, and you're just slapping him in the side of the face, and he's just loving it and rocking it. And I was like, damn, this is dope shit. So it was a, it was a very good night, man. He put on a hell of a show. Afro ripped it, you know, and he's he's a, he's, a, he's one of the, the few, uh, we'll say, like, new age, you know, the new era of MCs, man, that I really pay attention to, because the kid fucking rips just about everything he's on, and it's so good to see somebody uh, that's so young paying homage, man, to all the greats and stuff, and not discrediting it, and take, you know, he's learning from it, he's using it, he's paying homage to it, and he's helping to, to, to move things forward in the way that it should, you know, he's carrying the torch to see an artist like Afro come out in the mix of all that shit, man, he's He's dope, and I'm, and I'm assuming... Do you, do you manage him? Well, I have a, a company called Thorburn Records, and, and uh, we signed him to Thorburn Records, and okay. planning on doing a record, but uh, we're waiting for him to hand it in. He, he handed in some songs to get mixed, so mm-hmm. the engineer Chris Conway's supposed to mix them, but now the damn uh, corona, he's not allowed at the studio, so he's getting... Right. So we're trying to get some songs mixed, and... Afro's recording every day, and he, he's shooting some little indie videos, and and uh, he's featured on a song on my album with Jazzy Jeff. And then when we get the singles figured out, and uh, we get back on the road and get some funding for the Afro project, uh, we'll start putting out some big videos for him, and you know we'll really we'll mm-hmm. start smacking him in the face, you know. So yeah, <laughs> right, yeah. Well, I'm hey. looking forward to anything, you know, the new album and Afro stuff. So I'm. Uh, I'm I'm struggling. I'm honestly struggling a little bit right now with the words to say to you, man, because I've been such a fan for so long, dude. I'm I'm definitely fanboying out right now. So thank you so much for for taking some time out of your day to talk to us, man. I really appreciate it. I do. No, it's e- it's easy. It's easy. Right on. Hey, <laughs> let me kind of shift gears here, man, because you have such a, a long-standing, great career, and you've had your finger in so many different pies. When you're looking back at this 30-year career, and even though kind of in the mainstream, you're kind of an outsider, and you've had different issues throughout your career how do you look at the legacy of ra the rugged man are you happy with it are you can you die tomorrow and go i fucking did it well you know i thought about you always want more and more you always want to be more and more but you know i'm respected by all my peers everybody who i ever wanted respect from you know you know uh every great legend that i grew up uh learning from they all said hey you know, a lot of them uh, say, you know, watching you do, uh, you know, watching my students do this is like a fucking miracle for us. You know, like this makes me proud of anything, you know. So, like, I don't know. I, I, I get messages from the greatest lyricists that ever lived texting me saying how blown away they are by what I did on this record and that record. And, like, literally the greatest lyricists of all time ever you know, texting me on the regular to tell me, you know, so many of them to tell me how, how phenomenal this rap is and how amazing this song is. And, you know, so all the greatest at my craft, you know, show me the highest level of respect. So you go, hmm, you know, what if I got recognized by more people? Would that be more successful? I, no, because like, 
you get, you know, look at look at the pop fan base. Yeah, you'd make more money, but you get all these like fair weather, non knowledge having fans that don't even understand the Colts. They don't care about the Colts, and they're looking for who the next trendy wave is and what to follow and follow and follow. So like, yeah, you make more money if you could do a more crossover um, fan base of people who don't actually like the culture, you know. But you know, when you, you're part of hip hop and all of the hip hop community, all the greats show you nothing but love and respect from, from the greatest lyricists of all time to the next greatest lyricists of all time to the next. I mean, if that's what, you know, what more can you really ask for? And plus doing it for decades and decades, you know, decade after decade, all these great MCs saying you're great, 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 you know, and trying to work with me forever. And, you know, it's like, uh, I think I've done, you know, as far as hip hop, I've done everything, you know, uh, you can do. But, uh, you know, I want to continue, obviously, and, and make better and better. Like, this new album is my best work to date. And, you know, when I do the next album after that, it's going to be the best work to date. If I continue, I think, you know, one of my biggest high points of this whole thing is is, uh, is longevity. I could keep going and going and getting better and excelling and competing with every generation, you know. So that's really what I do. The, the one thing that I, that I would like to do before... I pass on besides the fact, uh, you know, raise the kids, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to die till my kids at least turn 18, you know, I want to live a little longer for that too. But, uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, so my, my daughter's four, so 14 more years for her, I got in me and, and my son's uh, three. So, so what, what, 15 more years for him. So as long as I live past that, I'll be good, you know, but, <laughs> but now before, before I finally pass, I want to do some, uh, couple motion pictures that I'm proud of. I want to do a couple uh, indie features with some good, you know, cinematography and actors and really, you know, put a couple of the stories on the page, you know, uh, you know, onto, onto the film strip, you know. So definitely want to do some film, you know. Well, let me get philosophical you, here because you do a lot of writing. You do film reviews. You wrote a movie called Bad Biology. When, when you're getting fulfillment from these, like, is any of this comparable to each other? In other words, when you put this album out, is it your greatest fulfillment, this new album? Or when you're writing a film review, like that writing process, is it giving you as much, I guess, creative completion as when you're rapping? Or is none of this stuff even fucking well, comparable? No, the, be- the best, you know, I'm an MC from, from the stage area. You know, I came, I, w- I was 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, and everything, my main thing in life was to be on the stage, be on the stage, be at the house party, you know, destroy motherfuckers, you know? So uh, the stage is the fulfillment, you know? Recording song in the studio, anybody could, hey, look, I'm recording a song, and then we're going to put it over the internet, and people are going to listen to it. That's that's not emceeing to me. It's one aspect of emceeing, making records, obviously. You know, you don't want to make whack records. You don't want to be whack. You want to make dope, incredible records. But the, 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 the you know, getting out there on the stage and, you know, just sharing your energy and your work and your stories and, you know, your life with people who are going through similar struggles and, and not, you know, they, they relate to your music so heavily. It's like, it's this payoff that you all give each other. Like, you know, you could be really going through a hard time and they could be going through a hard time. And then we have this big uh, performance and this big party. And it's like a whole, you know, so much love in the room when you rock the show the right way, you know? So that those, those are the, those are the, you know, I, I come from that era of, of stage rocking and party rocking. And, and uh, so that's the fulfillment right there more than just recording a song, you know? 
Well, how do you like, and we're going to kind of start finishing this up, but when you look back at this rap era compared to 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, how do you feel the evolution of that scene has been over your lifetime? Well, it did get worse every decade. You know, like people say the golden era of hip hop is the 90s. These new kids say that, or not new kids, the, the middle age now. But but I disagree. I always say, you know, because we, we always said it was 88, you know, 86, 87, 88. But, um, yeah, because the closer it was to the roots where, where it was party rocking, DJs, grab the mic, there was no record making, you know? So when it was about live shows, every performer had to be dope or you had to leave, you know? Now you just have to be famous and have a famous clip on the internet and then walk out on stage. You don't even really got to do a show and everybody's screaming and going crazy. Back in the day, you really couldn't get away with being whack. Even if you had a hit record, you couldn't be whack. You had to rock the party. You had to know how to rock the party. So that aspect of, of hip hop definitely slowed down, you know. But, you know, there was still dope dope ones in the 90s. But a lot of the ones in the 90s, they, they kind of came from the roots of the 80s. Buster Rhymes was already doing records in the 80s. He was like this phenomenal performer in the 90s. Right. You know, uh, Red Man still, you know, uh, Method Man, those guys were performers, you know, like phenomenal performers, but their roots were from the 80s when everybody had to be dope party rockers, you know? You think YouTube and social media has been a net gain or kind of like a negative for the scene because it does kind of flood everything with everything? It's the same as everything. It helps a lot. You know, because, you know, you're trying to get your music out there. You're trying to promote your stuff. You're trying to get, get your stuff heard. So back in the day, you know, you had to rely on a label to, you know, send promotional items to every record store, you know, in, in each city or nobody would know your record was out, you know. So or, or you'd had to wait for a record label to promote your, your video to a video programming person that had an outlet. And, and if they didn't play it then, you know, you're recognizing that you heard because there was no internet, you know? So obviously it's good. You, you know, you press a button, the whole world is listening to your music. You know, we put out that atmosphere thing. It's not even a video, just a song. We press the button, I think, between all the, the you know, um, from Spotify to YouTube, uh, you know, I think you had you know, 100,000 listens in, in 12 hours or something. I, you know, I don't quote me the exact number, but like back in the day, you, could, you couldn't get that. But what you could get back in the day if you had, you know, a... a person you know uh connected they send it up to the radio and two million people will hear it in one you know in one second because they're playing it on the on a on a, you know or, or you know however many hundreds of hundreds, of hundreds yeah it's of a good point radio. so, so it, it's all you know it's hit or miss and, and then you know there's false information that's spread all throughout the internet like you, you read about yourself on the internet and you're like that's not true that's not true that's not true and that's fucked up and that's not true and it's ain't matter but that's not true and then there's there's true facts that people learn about you that you go, you know, people, oh, when this happened, I, oh, yeah, yeah, that did actually fucking happen. Yeah, that happened. So it's, 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 there's two sides of it, good and bad, you know? If, uh, in terms of, of the, uh, the film work that, you know, you've been involved with or want to do, if you, you know, were to sit in the directing chair and have, you know, full fledged control over something, what genre would it be like horror? I'm a horror fan as well. Uh, I know you, you, you have your knowledge is much deeper than mine, but I was, I was a big fan of like the evil dead series and, and Dar- I think it's what Dario Argento that did uh, zombie and stuff. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And shit like that. Yeah. And, um, but it, well, like what, what genre would you want to do? 
Yeah, you know, something in the fantasy genre, you know, uh, horror, drama, comedy, you know, all, all mixed up. You know, I think that, you know, that, that's what I would like to do, you know. Yeah, do a couple of those, you know. All right, man, we was uh, up. We got to get you out of here, I, dude. I cannot thank you enough for calling in. I've been wanting to have you on the show for a long time, and it's exactly as cool as I thought it was going to be. Good. I hope I didn't. Uh, like I said, I'm just laying in the room. I hope I didn't. Uh, you know, just uh, blab about fucking whatever. You know, I'm here. Nah, man, I'm you're a real person. I want to hear what you really have to say. Yeah, uh, it was an absolute right, pleasure, guys. man, talking to you. It really was. And uh, before right, you guys. get up the door, tell everybody where we can find you on the interwebs. Oh, I just saw Read a Rugged Man. I think uh, Facebook is official page. I think IG is Read a Rugged Man official. I think Twitter is just Read a Rugged Man. You know, uh, I tried a TikTok thing. I don't know, but I don't know how to do that. You got a website too, right? Oh, yeah, Read a Rugged Man dot net. And uh, yeah, I think it's probably one or two. Oh, YouTube channel. Go, you know, Read a Rugged Man whatever tv, TV. that's the yeah. youtube that's the youtube channel you know, i got i got all of that shit it's just uh trying to run five ten of them shits at the same time you know it's a yeah. fucking crazy world man for sure yeah but you know what as an artist you know you can't get you can't fall into that like uh i'm not into it it's not, you know you gotta kind of learn this shit and you know that's how you uh promote your stuff it's free promotion so by shooting yourself in the foot and not doing it, you know, you're losing all your promotion, you know? So, yeah. Like anything else, man, you got to strike a balance. You can't be obsessed with numbers where you're like these kids that are licking toilet seats for likes and ended up in the hospital, but you can't fucking ignore it either. You got to strike that balance. You, like know, you know, let me tell you something about that. I see everybody online when the kids were licking toilet seats and then, and then the kids are in the hospital now, right? Right. Everybody... Everybody on the internet is talking about like, oh, thank God, he should, they deserve it. How dare you know? Hey, that kid should be sick in the hospital. He should. Honestly, man, come on. Nobody that Corona shit came so quick that you know you're a goofy ass kid. You're a goofy, stupid kid. I'm not saying he's. I wouldn't do it, and I think he looks like an asshole. But you're a goofy, <laughs> stupid ass kid. So, so, and you don't know the Corona's really coming yet. Nobody had it. To, anybody knew at the t- time when he was licking seats. So they're like, ha ha, Corona. They, they don't think they can get it. You know, they're not listening to what the fuck everybody's telling them. They just, ah, whatever. They didn't know the seriousness of it. So they deserve to be brutally punished and sitting in the hospital bed because they, they, the they, fucking they, they tubes really sticking out of them. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, that's what I mean. The internet's so fucking judgmental. It's like, you know, I almost feel like rooting for the kids that lick toilets like yo yeah. get off their dicks you know that he was a stupid goofy ass kid let him let him lick the maybe toilet maybe drop a song for them <laughs> yeah yeah like to all my toilet lickers <laughs> yeah, yeah. all right that's a perfect but place I'm, to end right. thanks again all right all you stay good. safe out there all right. all right be good thanks all right righty, guys we are out of here for a few days we'll be back with another new episode with ernie c from body count I'll probably have it out about a week after this episode. Stay safe out there, America. And Billy, do you want to give anybody your social uh, media info before we get out of here? I want to thank you for guest hosting too, man. I wouldn't want to do this alone. Yeah, thank you for having me, man. It was, it was a, like I said, it was a true fanboy moment for me. So it was something that I really wanted to be a part of, just to, for the experience. And you know, the, the, I got friends that, that are going to be like, oh, you talk to Ari Bug, man. And, uh, and I want to share all that, you know, but uh, in terms of tracking down my music, uh, you could just go to ApolloSun.com. It has everything on there. Uh, it's all free. I don't ask for anything unless people want to leave. It's a pay what you want kind of thing. If you know, if you feel inclined to do so, 
support financially, that's fine. If not, that's fine as well. I just really want people to hear the music. So all social media, I'm on Instagram, Apollo Sun Hip Hop. Uh, I'm on Facebook. Uh, I have a YouTube channel. I don't, I don't know anything about TikToks, and, and I don't fuck with it. So, but uh, well, anyways, yeah. we're gonna get out of here. But I'm sure you'll be back with the process once you're back in the studio, right? Yes, sir. Absolutely. Right on. All right, we got to get out of here. It's two. It's well, it's the one hour mark. Let's just say that. America, you stay safe out there. In the '60s, make love and make war. So I went off. I made the war. And then after I made the love, I had the wife and the, and the six children, as I told you about. So making love is tougher than making war. Making war is a lot easier. Suffering from strangulation, tears flying out of my eyes, my heart racing and my hands shaking. The last days of your life is a cancer patient. I'm staring at your corpse, praying and waiting for you to awaken. 21 gun salute for the hero. The burial was beautiful. Both we were raising screaming eagles attended the funeral. I was mad at God like he murdered you as a father. You couldn't have done a better job. All six of your children basically worshipped you. If I need advice, I always came to you to discuss it. You was the only person since the day I was born I ever trusted. Through poverty, death, disease, and sickness, you'd always somehow find a way to turn the situation optimistic. I was a big Fat kid overweight, so the clown me, you bought me the fat boys It was my very first rap tape, in the neighborhood you had a name You was feared and respected, other fathers walked out on their kids and left them neglected My only regret about not selling out and getting richer Is that if I made millions I could've shared it and spent it with ya I miss ya, I love you daddy Part criminal, a master with weapons, nice with his hands He was rugged man, the original His children, we saw you losing your sanity Even though we watched you struggle financially You kept the love in the family Daddy, I'm thinking about you every day though I can see you holding a machine gun in heaven With angel wings and a halo You was always quick to pick a pocket You the only one in heaven Probably slick enough to pull off stealing God's wallet In life, the Lord ain't really dear you a fair one I watched you bury your baby boy, your daughter and your grandson You lived one hell of a life From being highly decorated to being homeless Sleeping in the park with your pregnant wife If I acted up in the restaurant I knew I was being brave cause you take me to the bathroom and spank me till I knew how to behave taught me prayers at night and you tell me bible stories taught me history crazy horse and his tribal glories how many times as a kid I seen you handcuffed by the cops you taught us black music Sam Cooke the drifters the four tops taught me about boxing Ray Leonard and Larry Holmes around the same time you left my mother for Debbie Jones I told the world your true story and after the record got made Uncommon Fallis I'm sad I dropped the verse of the decade everywhere you went you tell the world about your son rugged man you were so proud of me daddy you was my number one fan you was always Bragging about me to no purpose on your deathbed You was playing my Mayweather interview for the nurses Losing you daddy it hurt more than any physical pain You was too young when the cancer went from your throat and into your brain You was my teacher, my idol, I worshipped you You was the best daddy You lived a tough life, now get some rest daddy I love you daddy